Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Clio Talk. My name is Matt. And I'm RC. And uh, we have a long bill of uh, Kansas City-related stuff to talk about today, but I'm going to use this to complain a little bit about the American healthcare system. Oh, boy. My doctor wrote us, told me we were going to do another script for one of the medications I need. And yeah. then I get a call from the pharmacy, and it's a completely different prescription, and they just changed my prescription without telling me. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, then it, it also costs more. Oh, so they just, well, they know better than your doctor, right? Well, no, 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 the, the doctor changed it. Oh, the doctor the, changed it, not the insurance it, company? No, no, well, I, I don't know how this happened at all. I'm not sure if the doctor changed it for the insurance company or whatever, but I now have a different medication that does uh, the thing it's supposed to do worse and it costs more money. See, I, I get that. I think uh, my fiance at one point had that problem where she was getting some medication or something and like they needed a clearance from like a doctor's note to be like, hey, you need this medication. And it's like, okay, insurance company who isn't my doctor, you need my doctor who wrote the prescription to write you a note telling them that, yes, I did write this prescription. It, it, like, isn't that a prescription? Is that the doctor yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, but it's just like, well, we need to make sure that you actually need this. It's like they're, they're going to suddenly be like, no, you don't need this medication. I was just joking. It's okay. Man, I, I remember, uh, I think it was a few years ago, I went to the dentist and I had to get a filling and Ugh. my uh a dental insurance company said that it wasn't medically necessary really to get the filling what's well, okay because teeth aren't healthcare, right no, teeth well, are... I, I have the special i had at the time i had the special tiered healthcare system which allowed me to have my teeth be healthcare. yeah but when there's something that costs a lot of money like getting a filling that's not medically necessary which it's like you pay for the insurance so you'd figure that once you actually need to finally use it, they'd be like, well, you know, you've been paying this for eight months and you're finally using it. Like, you know, at this point, you haven't used it up until now. So, if, yeah, well, sure, we'll pay. That's what you're paying us for. But then they fight tooth and nail to not do the service that you're paying them for. But <laughs> it's almost like it costs money. But speaking of uh, healthcare, do you see that Eli Lilly is now capping insulin at $35? Yes. And I am confused fused on two parts one is it because of the guy who imitated them on twitter and tweeted out that they were making insulin free <laughs> is it because of that guy because i've seen the usual uh suspects on twitter being like like we'll both like thanks trump and thanks biden or whatever and it's just like i don't know like the Inflation Reduction Act mentioned insulin. I, I, don't, I don't know, but it's like, I'd like to believe it was that guy. <laughs> I, I want to believe it's that guy too, even though I, I think that uh, with uh, Medicare and Medicaid, it's capped at $35 for like seniors now. Yeah. So maybe like after uh, they took the stock hit after the tweet, which they did, which did happen, that they're just like, screw it, let's just get the PR and make some money out of this. I mean, they got to make a lot of money off of how much they mark up insulin, but it can't be that big of a portion of their profits, right? Because I, I think even at thirty-five, they're still making money. Yeah. Because I think it only costs like a dollar to manufacture. Yeah. And, something like that. And like this, the entire like healthcare thing. Thinking about it, I remember like seeing the stuff when Purdue Pharma was in the middle of trying to like push like oxycotton on a bunch of people, and they mm -hmm. like basically had like sales rep meetings. Where they gave away like vacations and stuff and really just pushed like sell, sell, sell. Yeah. And it's just, like all of these like, you know, 
insulin doesn't need to be thousands of dollars or oxycontin doesn't need to you know be pushed on literally prescribed for everything yeah well it's addictive you know well i mean (laughs) i don't what if we just prescribe people meth and just like hey oh you got a toothache here take this meth get addicted to it and keep buying it from us yes yes well on a, on a side note, did you see the student loan? We're, we're completely dating this podcast. Too many yeah. uh, current events. Did you see the, the student loan thing got to a uh, Supreme Court hearing today? I saw that, yeah. Um, and I saw that uh, Bernie Sanders was outside trying to campaign in for it. I, I'm going to be a negative downer, and I think that they're going to strike it down. Uh, here's, what, here's what I'll say. Um, I think that they're going to strike it down, too. I don't think that they have any grounds to though because this isn't executive i read the law that they're arguing this off of and this isn't executive overreach this is a law that was passed in 2003 that explicitly states with no no stipulations that if you're in a disaster area or a national emergency if you're within that area uh the department of education has the ability to basically do whatever they want with your loans right they can comp them they can do whatever because you live in a national emergency area yeah and president trump declared the entire united states to be a national emergency area and a disaster area back in 2020 yeah and it seems pretty cut and, and, and is that still going the national emergency i think so i think it doesn't expire until may and this oh. ruling was issued back i mean i mean the the, the this was back in december i think when biden was trying to put this through so I think the fact that the case isn't going to be decided until probably January or July doesn't really have that much forbearance on when the case was actually being argued over, when the when the forgiveness would have gone through. Wasn't one of the people suing, they were suing because it was like discriminatory because people who got Pell got more money? Was that one of the arguments? Yes, yeah, so it was. Made? They didn't take out a Pell grant, but people who did got an additional 10 grand. Yeah, that that's one of them. I think the one from Missouri was doing that where it's, but I think what the, uh, Biden administration's lawyers were arguing, I guess the attorney general's office or well, something, you, you, you they were, they were arguing that, well, the PPP loans were only given out to people who own businesses, right? They yeah. weren't given up to every single individual. So those were also discriminatory, right? Yeah. They, they were like, that's, they were arguing that's just kind of the nature of these things. And it's, like the like the $1,000 uh, stimulus checks or $2,000 stimulus checks, those weren't given out to college students. That's discriminatory, right? Or it or wasn't given out if you made like over $120,000. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah. I think their point was just federal policy by definition has to be, especially when it's like loan forgiveness or like like the well, tax code and, is discriminatory right yeah, by but, that argument but but pe- income's not a like a protected class exactly that's yeah. why it, it doesn't really work is cuz it's like yeah it's discriminatory but it's legal discrimination because just you make money like yeah. like that's not a protected class in the United States it doesn't really have any ground the other one i think i, I don't actually remember what the second person was suing for i'm just really disappointed and I don't understand how Kansas is involved in this because I, you'd think that Laura Kelly would have vetoed it. Like well, I'm sure that she got overridden by like the AG or something, but you'd figure. Well, does this have anything to do with the current AG of Kansas? Yeah, probably. That, that's my guess. Yeah, the, and the uh, AG d- in d- both does, houses. Does Laura Kelly have the ability to have any oversight, especially with the way that? the Republicans have kind of control. Of I, I tried, I couldn't find anything about that. I, 
I couldn't find anything about all I could find was articles saying Kansas was involved, but I couldn't find any vote we had or any statement by like the attorney general's office. But what I can say is I, I just remembered the other one. It was the Missouri Department of Education has their own loan program. Yeah. So they're suing. Well, I mean, it, yeah. th- that makes sense because I, I'm, not, I think... I'm not sure if uh, you've received the letters, but my loans were given through the state of Missouri. Yeah, which I think that they're the only one that has a ground to stand on. Because they're going to basically like have an issue with all of the stuff that Missouri's funded. Through. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're, they're counting on income. But that also shouldn't mean the entire forgiveness program should like stop like, like that doesn't make any sense yeah, right? just because my loans are through the state of missouri doesn't mean someone in new york or california should yeah exactly screw it over. i mean th- this policy is i think for covering probably close to like i'm just gonna completely guess but like probably close to like a hundred like not a hundred like 70 million people 60 million people or whatever yeah so just like a million, two million people in Missouri shouldn't cause the cancel. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And, it just straight up doesn't. And, and the thing that also, like, the PPP thing is the thing that gets me, like, really, like, revved up because I see, you know, like, people who, you know, people did get charged if they abused it. Like, the guy who bought a Lamborghini, he got well, charges. But there's a bunch of people who did similar things who have not completely gotten away with it, including, you know, people who just had an LLC. Well, and uh, yeah, claimed. a bunch of Congress people. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, uh, dear listener, this podcast probably could have applied for a PPP loan in 2020, and we probably would have gotten it, I, and we probably should have done it because yeah, apparently well, we, there's no penalty for it. Yeah, like we could have said we, we need $100,000 to be able to like continue paying us even though we don't get paid from this. This yeah, is a hobby. Yeah, but we can just make our own salary. It's yeah. just it, – it was such a – I mean, I guess the idea behind it was good where it's just helping people pay their – employees so you know you don't have mass layoffs or, because all the business shut down it was just but, handled but, so poorly but there and are it's, there were already mass layoffs because yeah of it didn't stop anyone I mean, yeah. I mean because there was no i mean i mean as i remember it companies just took the loans and then laid off people anyways and yeah. just took it as profit which it's it's just it was so it's such a boondoggle in terms of the way it was handled but then it just being uh highlighted against this where it's like people just asking not a million dollar loan from like a five billion dollar pot it's just asking for 10 grand off because and the other argument the argument that the uh the states are also trying to make in regards to this is that they can't prove that anyone was actually damaged by the national disaster right even though that's not actually a requirement of the law which i read the law it's not a requirement of the law it's a different it's either you have to prove that they were damaged or that they were within the national emergency area. So they're two separate clauses, but they're basically arguing, well, you have to prove both, which isn't the case. But even so, people got laid off. I mean, people who graduated in 2020 into a severely reduced job market and economy also, were financially not, affected, whether or not they had a job yet. Not to mention that completely restructured the way that most jobs work anyway. Yeah. So like almost everyone in the workforce... Actually, almost literally everyone in the workforce had to adapt to changes one way or another that were different and had impacts on their careers. Yeah. And and just the, the argument of not being affected. It's like people who took out, say, a $50,000 loan to get a job in name it four years ago could not know that the COVID pandemic was going to happen in 2020, yeah. right? If you go into college in 2016, you had literally no way. There's no like, oh, you should have gone to trade school. It's just straight up. This is a complete. And unavoid, uh, there was no way for them to know. And, and, and if you have, you know, 50 grand in student loan debt, there's people 
out there who have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debts. Mm-hmm. Ten grand means very little to them in the grand scheme of things. When you especially look at you know the fact that there is a bunch of you know churches, including Catholic churches, who got hundreds of thousands of dollars in PPP loans. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think the last. I don't know if you have anything else, but the last point I'll make on this is just student loan payments have been paused since 2020 and the economy hasn't collapsed. No, yeah. Nobody who's not an idiot has been making payments on them for almost three years now, and it hasn't affected the economy in any major way because it yeah. it's and, like probably a rounding error in the federal budget and, getting money and, back from those. And if you have been paying off your student loan, if you're one of those few people who are like, I'm going to be super responsible and pay it off when it's paused... Um, and you happen to pay it off, you can still apply like the, the yeah. refund. You would get yeah, the ten grand back. Program, yeah, yeah. So it isn't like they're waiving ten grand and like, oh, you spent ten grand to pay off your loans. Well, too bad. No, you'll get that ten grand back. Yeah. So even if you did pay it off, you're getting if you paid out, made a payment at all during the the pause, you're getting ten grand just back to you. In in well, it, that's how it's supposed to work. You get ten grand back to you, yeah. which. Is I think is extremely fair based off the situation. Now, uh, do I think that Biden should uh, go full Hadrian, go to the Department of Education, and literally burn all of the documents, <laughs> so no one can ever figure out Ooh. how much money is owed? Ooh, the Federal Records Act. <laughs> well, I you know quite frankly, I, I, if this fails, um, you know if this I guess when the Supreme Court strikes down because I, I, I'm just assuming it will be. I mean, the law hasn't been challenged. The law is very clearly constitutional. Yeah. The Department of Education issues these loans. The loans are handled through the Department of Education. Other than the one unique well, case in Missouri, they have every single right to manage the loans that they issue, including forgiveness. It's just nonsensical to me. Um, you can just for, like pause it until like 2024 at least. I yeah. mean, well, it, well, if the court strikes it down, one one that makes the Supreme Court look even more sectarian and politi- political than it's already started to look mm-hmm. like that. But your final nail in the coffin when it comes to like the political actions of the Supreme Court, and also that opens up the can of worms for all financial income discrimination cases. Yeah, I mean that would set the precedent if this guy wins that. Yeah, any kind of tax-based discrimination, any kind of financial discrimination by the United States would be up for grabs too, like you said. I mean, like, I think the PPP loan forgiveness would be a good case of the people in jail right now where it's like, wait, these people had theirs written off and I'm in jail for fraud. Yeah. What? They, what, huh? Yeah, or, or... (laughs) If they then had to make everyone who had PPP loans pay their loans back and the forgiveness is reversed, mm-hmm. the amount of like absolute just like panic amongst these people would be insane. Just as much as the panic when people like I filled out that application for uh, student loan forgiveness for when it first happened, when it came out in like yeah. October or November when the website went live. But like, you know, it the like excitement with these loans being forgiven was really high and then it was just basically completely well, crushed. It's like it finally felt like something positive was happening. Like yeah. It finally felt like the younger generations who, I don't know how old you are if you're listening to this, but the cost of college is a lot more expensive, the, even the, accounting the, for inflation than the, it was 30 years ago. The cost of living in general is way yeah, above. It, it's, I mean, 
And if you're on the right side of this and you critique the Biden administration for inflation and stuff, it's like, okay, yeah, that's great. But that also proves inflation is high, thereby the cost of everything is high, thereby if we give the people coming out of college into the workforce 10 grand, and it's not even 10 grand in your pocket, it's just 10 grand you don't owe anymore. Yeah. I, that just seems like the prudent step where it's like, hey, here you young people. Oh, here, I, have a slight head start in life. It's not like we're writing a check for like $100,000. It's just here, you owe less money now. Yeah, uh, well, and also along with the program is it, it did cap it to like 5% of your income for payments mm. or whatever, which it allows you to have more disposable income, which yeah. helps the economy. And I think and, and I think this has already been a policy in place in terms yeah. of student loan forgiveness. If you work like... I think in education and stuff like that, uh, it's like 10% cap down to 5%, like you said. Yeah. And then you only, once you've made like 120 payments, then you can just have it all written off. Yeah. So that's already a policy in place. And, where, and, and you can even work for a nonprofit for 10 years and then have it completely written off as well. Which why would educators need to have all their debt written off? Oh yeah, because they can't afford it because it's way too expensive to go get a bachelor's and then become an educator. Like you, it's just, you, you can't afford it. it. It's gone so high that it's just completely unaffordable at this point. Uh, it's, I mean, we're, we're going to see the death of the teaching industry in the United States if this doesn't change. Like, seriously, if we if we stop paying them more, if we stop giving them raises, and we also don't give them any kind of debt relief to going to college to get the degrees that are required to become a teacher, nobody's going to... Anybody who looks at it in high school and does the math is just going to realize, wait a second, I'm going to take 40 years to pay off this loan. Like, yeah, this, or, or they're, just never doesn't gonna, make they're sense. not going to pay it off at all if yeah. they don't get burnt out. Because I have friends from school who are now teachers, and they've only been in the education field for a few years now. Mm -hmm. And they are still, they're, they're getting burnt out. Yeah. Because it's not, you can't have a life Mm -hmm. as this and it's also like there's no support their pa well, parents are against you as the educator and you're getting every single like you can't have a lesson plan because there's a chance that uh, the parents are going to nitpick it and pick it apart because mm -hmm. they think that what you're teaching them is uh, critical race theory even though you're just trying to teach the kid how to read above a fifth grade level yeah yeah it, it's the militancy against just like teaching and it's the militancy against the idea of going to college where like, Oh, and just go to trade school. And it's like, and, okay. And, and I always like taking that to the logical conclusion of, okay, everybody has no longer gone to college, right? Everybody stopped going to college cause it's dumb and they all went to a trade school. And now there's uh 4 million plumbers in New York city. And now the plumbing profession does not make any money at all because everybody knows how to plumb now. Yeah. Great. Now there's no plumbers. Now you're in the same boat where you don't, you wouldn't got a useless and, degree. Sorry, your trade school degree is useless. You don't, nobody needs to plumb anymore. It's stupid because, cause, and that's the problem with education is it's not, um, it's dumb. Don't go to college. It's just, well, a lot of people are going to college. So the yeah. value of the degree is being lessened because there's more people to have it, which isn't a bad thing because it's education. It's just when the debt doesn't go down, when the cost of college goes up, despite the value of the degree going down. And so the issue is, is that there is all, there's a massive lack of workers in the United States in general, mm -hmm. from trade workers to people that work McDonald's to people that work office jobs. And I know just as much as, you probably experienced this and I experienced this. We have white collar jobs that have staffing issues. 
And I know people who work blue collar jobs who have staffing issues because we killed a million Americans with COVID and another five or 6 million took an early retirement and we aren't having children to replace these workforces. And we're so anti-immigration that we have no way to fill these workforces. So there's like, you can say, Oh, you go to trade school. But the point you made is if we have a bunch of people go to trade school, we don't have we don't ha- there isn't enough people to go around to fill all the jobs the united yeah. states needs without shrinking its economy or increasing the amount of people in and, and the only way that the united states can increase the amount of people in is to allow more immigration and and the broader problem with incentives is just you know they, like nobody wants to be a teacher cuz yeah pay raise that that's the incentive right yeah. like pay raise so people asking for a higher minimum wage or just to be paid more in general it's like yeah that's the incentive for people to work those jobs. It's not like, oh, McDonald's workers shouldn't be paid more. It's just nobody wants to work at McDonald's because it's a terrible, like, you get paid seven bucks an hour and, or whatever. And, so they're just like, hey, easy. if you pay us more, then people will actually be incentivized to work there and then McDonald's will be able to stay open and we won't have staffing shortages, you yeah. know? But that seems to have gone out the window is just... In, I, in the sake of profit. Yeah, just... Yeah. It's the militancy against the people actually working the jobs where they're just portrayed as greedy or something. But then that's where you get all the labor issues where it's like... We, we could solve the teaching problem in the United States if you just gave them all like a $20,000 raise, then more people would want to do it. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's... Yeah. But... I, it's time like these, I just say, thank God we're not the United Kingdom. Yeah, I I am very happy that uh, my my power bill is only like a hundred dollars. Yeah, because um, at least we're having the same issues as them, but ours are a lot less bad. Yeah. Uh, but another issue that is plaguing our uh, great city of Kansas City are the gender neutral bathrooms in the airport. Oh yeah. Uh, there has been some complaints because uh, we have a new airport. If you listen to any of our previous episodes, we talk about it a lot. If you uh, listen to the Kansas City podcast, the only podcast that talks about Kansas City, uh, you would know these things. So the airport has tons of bathrooms all across it, but... I, th- it, I think we I think we talked about yeah. how many bathrooms they have. Yeah, they, they, they have a lot of bathrooms, but they have two large gender-neutral bathrooms in which there is some outrage because there's some people who don't understand what gender-neutral bathrooms are, and there has been uh, a few incidents relating to the gender neutral bathrooms with people not understanding that it's gender neutral and uh and they didn't even go for the gender neutral because i guess that's like a whatever like people see that yeah like a like a woke buzzword thing like they'll freak out like oh my god gender they're calling it all gender because that's what it is it's just yeah. literally everybody can use this bathroom it's just a it's, bunch of stalls that's it. It, it it's and not the american stalls the big european style stalls where there's basically no gaps whatsoever it's like your own individual room yeah and they're really convenient because um aside from the whole gender thing which doesn't really matter it's just really nice to be able to when you're in the airport in a foreign city um you and your significant other can go into the bathroom together and one of you can watch the luggage or one of you can do whatever. Or if you have both of you can, yeah, both of you can change the kids. It's just convenient, especially in an airport. It's, I mean, this isn't like, or, or if you, uh, drank some Duncan right by the all gender bathroom and you really need to go. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's right there. It's just like, it's, this is just stupid. Like this is just trying to be upset to be upset. And, and, And we spent so much money, uh, 
Pete Buttigieg, the Secretary of Transportation, came out for the opening of the airport. Uh, he spent more time in Kansas in the Kansas City area than he did in East Palestine, where yeah. a train derailed and it basically poisoned uh, a good part of Ohio. But don't worry, he spent more time in Kansas City for our airport. Not schmoozing. Yeah, schmoozing for the new airport. Um, th- to this, be fair, I think I think Kansas City is nicer than East Palestine. Yeah, it, as of right now, we have a nice new airport, and yeah. they uh, don't have portable drinking water. They don't so. have 400,000 gallons of vinyl chloride. Yeah. Uh, so this is a big deal for the region, having this big of an airport, and uh, there are some hopes that it can this get is even better. the largest infrastructure project, I think, in the history of Kansas City. Yeah, I think I saw that. Yeah, $1.6 billion. And there's efforts to make it even bigger because we have a uh, article talking about how we are hoping to land a transatlantic flight. Um, so there's some negotiations going on with some of the airlines. Uh, but in order to get the route... Which does this say which airlines or is this just... Um, well, I, I don't think it says, uh, but we're looking for a non a nonstop transatlantic flight from Kansas City to some place in Europe via an airline, which is possible now that you know uh, those Boeing Dreamliners can fly as far as they can. Yeah. Um, but the issue is, is we have to pay the airline ten million dollars to secure the slot. Yeah, and I, I will say, uh, no slander of the 747. It could probably do it, too. This yeah. thing's have like a cross range of like 6,000 miles. You could make it to Iceland. I like the 747, guys. Yeah. yeah, $10 million, and they're asking for the state of Kansas to help. Yeah, uh, the state of Kansas is, uh, Mayor Quentin Lucas is trying to uh, get Kansas to contribute uh, $5 million, uh, with, and hopefully uh, Governor Kelly's uh, government over on the Kansas side is able to provide $5 million. Which I can see the kansas legislature not doing it not doing it because it well helped. it's in missouri it but it's missouri. like guys they, they better do it because it's just I, like guys kansans use the airport too like we yeah. we need the we're, we don't have to pay for the upkeep we don't have to pay for any of that we don't get any of the benefits but we, we don't have to we, pay for the upkeep we, 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 yeah i would absolutely be willing to as a state give five million dollars so we can you know like fly have a direct flight to frankfurt or uh london (laughs) yeah munich yeah uh if we could get like lufthana to get those 747s into kci that would be sick isn't it lufthansa i don't know how to say it i don't know how to say it either i i'm just i just i read the word and then i just went for it yeah (laughs) or like a Basically, any European flights we can connect to those cheap, like Ryanair EasyJet flights that are like ten dollars, yeah. or or the train system. Yeah, but like, a, and the cost of a transatlantic flight is cheaper if you don't have to fly from yeah, Kansas City to Chicago or to Dallas and then go over. Yeah, it'd probably shave like at least two hundred bucks off of it. Yeah, it? if not more. And if uh, if you have like an airline credit card, think about the sick bonus points you can generate on the bills to be able to like then make your vacation cheaper. Which I'm I don't want to be a homer, but I would say Kansas City is one of like the up and coming towns in the United States. So it'd be good to get some Euros out here, especially in preparation for the World, the World Cup. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. If there's and if it if it takes this much money to do the just one slot I think a plan between the Kansas and Missouri legislators to basically like have a quarterly like slot buying thing where every quarter we pay one of the airlines to get another slot. So we start developing this airport to be a larger and larger hub. 
because mm-hmm. that benefits the Kansas side as much as the uh, and maybe we can Missouri get side. back to competing with like Chicago as like the regional yeah because I think we can beat the heck out of St. Louis already yeah no we it, we, we, like, can, we can we can smoke St. Louis if we if we start getting yeah international flights at least every every fiscal quarter which I tangentially related to the airport was the airport one of the best infrastructure projects in recent u.s history yeah i mean it it completed on time i don't think it was over budget like it was a major infrastructure like revision and it was like a billion dollar project it wasn't like some five million dollar thing it's like was this one of the best managed infrastructure projects that's like happened recently not like in the history but just like it, it just seems like there was no problem with the airport at all i mean during the construction of it i would be willing to claim like the past 10 years that's what i'm saying is i think it's been kind of slept on but it's like this thing i mean it was done on time yeah i don't think i i never heard about any major like budget in fact it might have been slightly under or something i i, 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 I don't the, i don't remember any problems with like we need to requisition more money even with the covid pandemic n- no sources on those claims that's just that's just this is just us yeah. pontificating yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, but but if it's you know 5 10 15 20 20 20 million dollars per state 40 million dollars by a slot every quarter mm-hmm. uh from these airlines start getting transatlantic maybe some asian flights as well oh, that'd be nice. you can be a solid hub if you have a flight to uh, to london okay or, a direct flight to like japan from the like kansas city airport might be kind of pushing it that, it, that might be hard hawaii it, maybe but hawaii. That, that, that might be hard to hawaii do. and then i don't think the 777s can make it that far uh hawaii and then maybe like hawaii would be cool yeah or like uh, even uh, south america like somewhere it, it, like going to like rio brazil Janeiro. yeah like rio yeah it, it, if there's a nice. flight to hawaii a flight to rio and then a bunch of flights to europe like yeah. iceland air yeah, we, we we can if you can get a flight out of like you know Heathrow Frankfurt and then Charles de Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle. That's the name of the French. I, I know yeah. it is. I just <laughs> no nobody ever says it. like I'm used to JFK. Yeah. It's just nobody ever says Charles de Gaulle Airport. <laughs> so it's just the, yeah they, they once had a man trapped in it for decades. Oh, was that that one? Yeah, yeah, that was a good story. I can't believe they trapped Tom Hanks in an airport for 15 years. I, I Wait, he died in the airport, didn't he? The real no, guy? No, 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 no. Uh, he eventually, the, the Iranian, because he was an Iranian uh, oh, refugee from okay. the revolution, uh, he, they eventually worked out his visa thing and he was able to like leave, but mm-hmm. then he didn't want to leave because he was used to being a celebrity and getting a bunch of free stuff. Yeah, I did see a picture where he was just kind of like next to a staircase. Yeah. Yeah, no, because he, he had like he a had little like, thing. He had like a little like hermit like area, yeah. which, and like airport employees would like give him food and like, I heart France t-shirts is and stuff it like that. Distasteful if you have a guy trapped in your airport for like 35 years to make him into the airport's mascot. Is that distasteful? Well, I mean, he did sell his likeness to Tom Hanks for a movie. Yeah, I mean, he probably made a decent chunk of change. But he but didn't want to leave the airport. I, I feel like if that's if anything is grounds for like I'm I'm going to stop that thought. You know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 should we force a man to be trapped in the Kansas City airport? I think that'd be fun. Where would you trap him, though? Like no, no, the river he, he, no, no. He, he, he's he's just not allowed to leave. He can have full access to the behind security areas, but he just can't leave the security area. I mean, I feel like there are worse places. At least there's like theoretically going to be good food there. It, it, at least it's not the old Kansas City Airport. I feel like you'd get more for your money in like Charles de Gaulle because I'd yep. imagine there's more terminals, there's yep. more places to go. Yeah, KC one without the like 
expansion or whatever that I'm assuming is going to happen in the next 30 years. Uh, it's it kind of, I mean, it's a regional airport. With, with all the space that we're going to get when we tear down the old airport, do you think we should save one of the terminals or like move it, move it some, like move it to a park or something that's like a, like. Could move it to Charles B. Wheeler. Yeah, and it's and already have, basically a museum. Yeah, and then like may may expand the TWA museum, make it a part of like Kansas City Parks and Rec, and like use it as like a community center you, slash like yeah, you could like turn store. it into the museum. Yeah, and have it as a new building. I mean, th- I I think that they wouldn't do that because it would probably be prohibitively expensive to yeah. move. Yeah, it, it, it's probably easier just to blow that all up and use yeah. it as uh, airport storage. Probably, yeah. All right. Well, uh, rest in peace, the brutalist icon of the old Kansas City <sighs> airport. Yeah, I guess it was brutalism, wasn't yeah. it? The mosaics. I I did enjoy the pictures of people on the last flight out of the old uh, Kansas City Airport, where they're just like, um, there's the the only thing that works is the water fountain. <laughs> my my dad actually the week before, I think he flew out like the twenty second, and he was like, yeah, they they just gave up, they just <laughs> gave up. Like there was no there was no food and drink. He said there were birds everywhere. <laughs> it was, it was starting to leak. It's like the airport knew that it was done and it just gave up. <laughs> like they had like, do not feed the bird signs out. <laughs> yeah. Cause it was just, it, I did see a picture from, unfortunately the subreddit. Cause I, I have been known to go on the subreddit where the, one of the vendors stopped getting shipments so they just had Sprite, and that was it. No water, <laughs> no Coke, just Sprite. <laughs> just Sprite. Just hundreds of bottles of Sprite. <laughs> That's all you... Because there's already no, like, food and drink options, and then yeah, you just got to drink Sprite. <laughs> You're coming from, like, Chicago on your way to L.A., and you have, like, a layover, which I don't think that's a real no. trip, but you, know, you just stop in Kansas City for three hours and just have to drink Sprite the whole time. <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Well... Speaking of more regional stuff, uh, and our conversation from earlier. These with, are good transitions, by the way. These, these, are, are, these are fantastic. These are six segues. We are cooking with fire on this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's still crypto bros. Oh, my God. And uh, they are harassing a small town in Kansas. Yeah. What's N- new? Not the one we talk about. A yeah, different one. Not. Yeah, we're we're taking a break. We're not even going to mention that other town. We we went a little bit ham there. We 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 are shifting gears to another small town of Kansas. Uh, so there is a. This is from the Kansas Reflector, and it is about the town of McLoof, Kansas. McLoof, McLoof, McLoof. Sounds like a lisp. Yeah, uh, there's been. Did I just click off the article? Yeah. I was trying to open up a map. Yeah. Uh, it, it, we were going to read this article. It's okay. It, no, don't, don't like, don't like, just, uh, just it. do it. So there has been an avalanche of complaints about threats to real quality of life, unresolved issues of land ownership and leasing rights, an oil tank explosion that burned a truck packed with ammunition and widespread distrust of developers. Even former white collar criminal compelled the Jefferson County Commission to impose a moratorium of at least one year on applications for constructions, construction of cryptocurrency processing centers. That's an easy sell right there. We've yeah. got a 20-year moratorium. Yeah. Uh, crypto bros want to build a data center. Crypto Colo Center Corp's proposal to boost McLeus economy by planting a cryptocurrency mine one-third of a mile north of the town imploded under pressure from energy 
Energy Companies, Sierra Club, McLuth City Council, Jefferson County Redevelopment Office, and most significantly, dozens of area residents. They were against aghast. aghast. They were aghast anybody would bring into their midst two dozen 40-foot shipping containers packed with energy-intensive computer servers that churned around the clock on energy drawn from eight locomotive-sized generators fueled by natural gas pulled right out of the ground. That sounds really inefficient. I don't even think... You can't be making that much profit, right? Like... (laughs) <laughs> just burn the petroleum immediately crypto crashed yeah i know that's what i'm saying is and the the fact that they're in shipping containers makes me believe that these guys just like tour the country doing this like they just go to wherever like the tax code to let them like just set up and it, do this that's gonna be how they make a profit it, is basically by not paying tax it, it, is this like the like simpsons episode with the monorail where you just that's roll into I'm, random towns and that's like, kind of what i'm thinking is yeah. oh we'll boost your economy and it's like how on earth are you gonna how many people are you gonna employ in a server farm like nobody i, I mean you, one security guard like like what is the argument for this boosting the economy like yes we're gonna mine cryptocurrency we're gonna sell it um and like it's untraceable right like 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 how do you make money off of this for the economy there's no jobs and apparently there's just like yeah. tanker fires and uh from the article all of this is to enable asset transactions some financial as- experts believe the united states ought to ban as china did last year i'm kind of in that boat yeah they, they, it's they like sh- i i don't know what concrete benefit cryptocurrency offers the economy but i do see a lot of downsides well so uh cryptocurrency was originally designed so you could buy uh it drugs off of uh silk road mm-hmm. and um then some people bought into the bitcoin idea and yeah. uh now we're in the mess where there's a bunch of people who lost a bunch of money buying into something that should have been mainly something to buy you know drugs off of the internet well it's just any product where you roll in and then you're burning petroleum to generate electricity to produce a product that is inherently non-existent it it just it it, it's it's inefficient It, it doesn't really benefit the community around it it doesn't provide any jobs and it's wasting natural resources on something that has no tangible like and i don't want to get into the whole crypto bro whatever because i don't care <laughs> like yeah. they, they're just stupid i don't th- there's no argument that you the, can the, make the, that the only reason me. that they're being talked about right now is that they're just trying to basically scam a small kansas town yeah and it's just like no <laughs> laura kelly executive order win let's just ban them and from the article sound pollution tied to business of validating bitcoin and other cryptocurrency deals on the network would likely be heard for miles in jefferson county critics said despite promises by developers a cloth barrier on a chain link fence and fast growing plants would muzzle the nuisance that doesn't sound correct we're gonna put out a tarp (laughs) we're gonna put it'll stop the sound we're gonna put a tarp Why didn't they, why don't they just put a cloth a cloth chain link fencer on the highway if it works that well? Like jeez. No. <laughs> Outsiders pitching the idea to locals reportedly violated the cardinal rule of development. Recklessly they recklessly mispronounced McLouf. I'm also oh, not God. sure if oh, I'm God. Are we mispronouncing it? Are we mispronouncing it? I don't I bet know. it's McLouth. McLouth. I bet it's McLouth. Oh crap. Do How we... do you pronounce it? 
This is making me. Do they have like a pronunciation guide somewhere? Jefferson County, Kansas. It was found in the 1880s for Amos McClough. McClough. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? All right. <laughs> Oskaloosa. Ba, that's a town in Kansas as well. Oskaloosa is a town uh, near uh, uh, McClough. Bob and Joy Thayer, speaking on behalf of four other Thayers, told Jefferson County Planning and Zoning Commission that the crypto project was an abomination on many levels. (laughs) We're we're not one to men's words and play political games, said Bob. I can assure if this project passes through your hands unscathed, there will be a fallout for many and all. Collapse of a quiet little town we all once knew. For God's sake, if a vehicle loaded with ammunition exploding isn't enough to raise major levels of concern, then nothing is. Were these guys doing like Waco or something? Like, why did they have a what, truck filled with ammunition what, next wait, to the explosive? Why? Why did they have? Why did they just create a massive bomb? This is yeah. This is just bizarre. That that that's that's kind of like the the article's kind of bearing the lead on it's just like casually talking about this vehicle full of ammunition. Why was it there? Where, where, where did where did these guys get the money to roll up with a bunch of semi trailers full of servers and also a truck like, full of ammunition? Are they like a PMC or something? I, like, do I they have a private like security force? I like, don't know. Like, what is what the hell is happening? And this is from the article. There may be places where people are willing to sell their birthright for a pot of beans, but I trust that Jefferson County is not one of them. If it is not stopped, I will have no choice but the move, said Edith Williams, age 65. Corey Van Nonstead, who lives about one half mile from the proposed data center, said it didn't make much sense for Jefferson County to host a business devoted on validating anonymous crypto exchanges that could be associated with illegal activities, such as human trafficking, drug smuggling, and weapon sales or terrorists. Sentiment shared by the trio resembled that of Russell, Wood, Vought, Pope, Chrisman, Kinslover, Zool, and Rollins families who submitted written complaints, written comments in opposition to the Crypto Colo Center's project ahead of the scheduled Monday night meeting to take public comment. Several hours before the meeting, the agenda item was dropped because the company's request for a conditional use permit was withdrawn. The county commission issued a moratorium on new permit requests for cryptocurrency facilities. Okay, so they're shut down. I'm curious, are these guys like, like, can we Google that name real quick? I'm going to Crypto Colo. Crypto Colo Center is based in the U.S. has abundance of affordable, oh my God, they're McCluth, Kansas. Oh my god! I I don't think they exist other than this place. I I don't think. What, like... what, what, what about gas? What, what, why do they have gas? We have our own off the grid. Your your this grid website your... doesn't work. I it... Click on team. No. Nope. No, they 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 removed the website. Oh oh, so they deleted the website. They, they, they purged everything. Okay. Wait a second. I can I can. Uh... Well, okay. While you fill the air, I can uh, go on archive.org real quick. So. Uh, this is their address is the McLuth area, um, and they are talking, or at least what I could see through the link was talking about how uh, natural gas is their off the grid thing, even though they're, it's quite common to you know use natural gas on the grid. Also, there were concerns from the power company, uh, was which was said in the article. So they aren't off the grid because they'll probably be connected to the power company's grid anyway. 
Well, I, so. and if, if you look, I was looking at this earlier. The uh, McClough, this is part of why I was going to pull up a map earlier. Uh, they have, they're not Evergy, which is like the major Kansas, Missouri yeah. energy company. Uh, basically a monopoly. I didn't say that though. Um, they're, they're like a rural energy co-op, right? Yeah. So I think that they have some, I don't think wind farms, but they have like some natural gas probably. Uh, yeah, right by Oskaloosa and talking talk about yeah. Oskaloosa has the, uh, what is it? Like the energy co-op somewhere. I can't find it anymore. But yeah, so th- they're not like going up against like a major energy corporation. They're basically just like trying to strong arm some rural. I, I think that this is basically just like, like a classism thing yeah where they're basically just like ah this is just small town kansas we can just roll in in the middle of a field no one will care no one will do anything even though they blew up the field they blew up the field which and again the article doesn't say this but did they blow up their crypto facilities like i I can't imagine it was that close but i can't also imagine that the power generating facilities were that far away now what's the address on that so their website had an address on it yeah um what is that address is that the town is that in the town or is that where they are supposedly trying to build their thing that's a good question we're gonna get a little bit of It, it is where they're planning on building the thing in fact, it doesn't seem like it exists right here. I think. That's yeah, that, not, that, that looks like where they were trying to build. Okay, so it's yeah, it's it's about probably a couple of miles north. It is just on a crossroads in the middle of a field, and there's no actual. Obviously, the Google imagery is not up to date. Well, so. because they, they, yeah, I don't think they've been there very long. Also, yeah, they so. blew it up. So yeah, so, but they are good to leave i'm fine with that if they want to just not participate in kansas anymore well it's not really our (laughs) decision to tell them if they should leave or not but uh they should leave yeah i'm I'm fine with not having major crypto if we miss out on that part of the you know internet 3.0 economy you know crypto is the future everything i'm fine with kansas just being like the amish or whatever in that regard i mean that existed for six months yeah no it was always just a scam or is it the the rug pull is that the term they use in fact this company i i don't it barely seems to exist like they have a website they've completely scrubbed their website apparently blowing up a small town is enough for that crypto colo has a different website oh but Do, do they have a different address at the bottom yeah, they have a second website, which is. Um, they have an LLC. Yeah. Are they registered in the state of Kansas? Okay, we, we're going to do some detective work and probably. Uh, yeah, we'll probably. We'll, we're not going to do like on air detective work. We probably need to finish the article. Yeah. Stop order, council vote. Crypto Colo Center on behalf of. Divate Enterprises has filed an application for conditional use permit with the goal of converting agricultural land to commercial use on Kansas Highway 92. The initial focus of the data facility would be a 15-acre piece of an 81-acre parcel that had served previously as a location of oil and gas extraction. The drama ripened on February 21st when the Jefferson County Community Development Office sent CryptoColo's legal counsel a stop order because the company had started putting up structures at the site without a building permit. 
the trailers. Typical. Uh, on the next day, the McClough City Council unanimously recommended the County Planning Commission deny the request for a conditional use permit, a prerequisite for securing a permit to build. So, yeah, strong arming. Yeah. <laughs> We don't need a permit. What is it? Like a thousand people? Well, well crypto bro- bros don't like laws anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the reason why they're doing everything where they're doing it is because tax avoidance. Yeah. Permit avoidance. Be- because I think crypto's crashed to the point where they have to just, every single dollar has to go into just the manufacturing, you know, the mining yeah. process. And and you can't do this like in Miami anymore. Yeah. You can't permit Kathy Ewart, a veterinarian who submitted a lengthy memorandum chronicling the objections to the project, said it had been a challenge to unravel the details of business people involved in the project, puzzle about who owned, leased the property and energy rights, explore twists and turns of courthouse feuding, discern ramifications of energy hogging data centers, and consider what it all meant to Jefferson County residents. This is a, quote, days of our lives, she said, a long time running soap opera. This is daytime drama. You would raise an alarm about the potential damage to property values and inability of taxes paid by developers to cover the county's cost of extended public services. She was apprehensive about the volume of electricity demanded, adequacy of environmental assessments, and an influence of noise pollution on residents' livestock and wildlife. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, setting up a major. I mean, 24 40-foot vans filled with computing equipment in the middle of, like, uh, uh, farming area. Uh, also, also, they're going to be running it off of just a generator that runs off of natural gas. So it's going to be... Well, four generators. Four, right? four industrial gen- natural gas generators powering the electrical system. I mean, uh, like... Not only the heat, but the noise. I mean, my computer, which is just like a personal computer, draws, I think, like, 600 watts of electricity. So multiply that by however many it takes to fill up 24, 40-foot containers. That's a healthy chunk of electricity. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, also, I mean, you can't... Data centers are built all the time, which have this level of computing power. Uh, but usually they're built in a building with, like, sound deadening, not yeah, brought in trailers. air conditioning. And That's air conditioning. the other large thing. Oh, how are they going to cool this? I, I think it's been kind of cold in Kansas. They were probably just... Which even then, you can't just fan in cold air from the outside. That's not going to be adequate. You have to have... But God, that's even more electricity. But but, but what are you going to do when it's summer and it's 100, 100 degrees Fahrenheit outside? 40-foot trailers with... They have to have... I mean, that's past air conditioning. That's where you have to have a refrigeration unit for that kind of data center. Yeah. Like you have to get it to be colder than just cool. But, yeah, it's just ridiculous. So back to the article, she said that she noted that Crypto Colo Center's office was initially located at lot five or listed as lot five in Easton, which turned out to be an abandoned mobile home. The registered address was amended to a Wichita rental office, which I believe they scrubbed their website and now it's just a like end of a road. Yeah. In McLuth. Like it's not Wichita anymore. It's just nothing. She said, nothing about this proposed conditional use permit is remotely agricultural in nature, not even the spirit of agriculture. And then Elaine Gazelle, chairwoman of the Sierra Club's Kansas chapter, said the project's long-term solvency was questionable and its energy source ill-conceived. Environmental costs and public health risks would place a, quote, disproportionate burden on the cities of citizens of Jefferson County who will see little, if any, economic benefit. In a twist, Reuben Burton submitted comments about Crypto Colon Center on behalf of himself, his wife, Susan, and her de- 
company, Divate Enterprises. Burton, who pled guilty in 2002 in federal court to mail fraud, money laundering, and securities fraud, said, Crypto Colo Center shouldn't be approved because its management couldn't be trusted to be, quote, good stewards of the land and project they so desperately wish to place out there. Why... Why does why do you have to point out the guy got convicted for mail fraud? What does that have to do with the rest of the article? I, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> like, you, talk or, about or, a low blow. Well, I I think the securities fraud thing is the more uh, crucial part because uh, okay, yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess it's just I don't know. It seems <laughs> yeah, this guy who's a piece of shit by the way he <laughs> said this. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> The the quote from the article, the primary source of all the turmoil and litigation between Divate and Crypto Colon Center is the fact that we differed on how best to utilize this property and the role the company should have in the community, said Burton, who in 2021 still owed $2.7 million in restitution Restitution. to the victims of his fraud. (laughs) (laughs) So even this guy's against him. You know it's got to be bad. Like the Wolf of Wall Street came out and said, hey, guys, this isn't a good idea. So meanwhile, Crypto Colon Center Chairman Anthony Milaikov filed a lawsuit in Illinois on behalf of Nathan Holdings, controlled by Milaikov, alleging the Burtons and Divate collectively engaged in systematic fraud against Natan for years. I, I, why don't? Why would you file it in Illinois? Illinois? Under a different company. Wait, is Divate an Illinois company? I, I don't know what this thing is. Oh, they're an oil and gas company from North Carolina. But what? And and I, I like how the the third thing is an sec.gov for a loan. <laughs> Ooh, wait. Kim Poor for Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh my god, this is so many different states. And it, 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 it stop making shell companies, people. Guys, come on. Delaware doesn't need that many LLCs. They got enough. Do I do this next one? Yeah. Uh, this section's called Bolts Cooking Off. Opposition to the cryptocurrency construction project had been forming when the explosion rocked the site on December 10th of 2022. Phil Hook, representing ARC Energy Development, featured that catastrophe in a document sent to the County Planning Commission outlining concerns for the CryptoColo Center application. ARC Energy a licensed Kansas oil and gas operator is a subsidiary of ARC Rock Capital, who loaned $3.4 million to KLMKH, the owner of Jefferson County property in the bullseye of the data center. KLMKH is bankrupt, he said, but ARC's energy acquisition included an oil and gas lease situated on the land tied to CryptoColo Center's application. Hook said the CryptoColo Center project could expose the community to potentially dangerous levels of hydrogen sulfide gas emissions. That's Natural gas fuel requirements of the development were far in excess of what was available supply locked underground, he said. The, purpose, the proposed proximity of the data center and generators to oil and gas operations pose potential hazards which have not been addressed, Hook said. Development sponsors and operators have a questionable track record and capabilities. So they are just, the data center is just next to the refinery. Yeah. and So you uh, have flammable gas next to a bunch of electronics. Yeah, and uh, that also get really hot. Yeah. Well, that's um, a winning combination. 
He referenced the afternoon when Crypto Colo Center was likely responsible for operating a tank battery that exploded on the site. Ignition destroyed and burned two oil stock tanks, a water truck, and a nearby operator's vehicle, which contained a bounty of live ammunition and delayed extinguishment of the fire. Flames pumped back black smoke into the sky as half a dozen township fire departments and first responders scrambled. Now imagine it. Some of these towns have volunteer fire departments. Imagine how like fucking pissed you would be if like, sorry, boss, I need to leave my job. Some crypto bro blew up part of my town, and it's in the middle of nowhere. There's no fire hydrants out there. No, like no, the, it, no... they had to tank all that water in. Yeah, that that's that's how it be. Also, so I, I do like them describing the guy with the ammunition as an operator. It makes me think like special forces, no, <laughs> like I, the, it, the nearby operator's vehicle. I, I know it's just like crypto operator, but yeah. it's just like, it makes me think there's like. But a, what, what, why why do you have so much ammunition in your truck? Like, do you have so much ammunition in your truck, guy? Hook disputed the conclusion of Max Selenkov, chief executive officer. I butchered that guy's name. Is it Smetanikov? That chief executive officer and co-founder of Crypto Colo Center, who reportedly said fires are unfortunately not common on oil leases. Hook no, said not uncommon. Not uncommon. Wait, what? What? Okay. Eh, fires happen. It's okay. Uh, fires happen. Just look at Kuwait. Yeah. Hook said the opposite was true who is the actual expert who works for the company, uh, an oil and gas company. In our opinion, Hook said, the explosion was directly and indirectly due to the operator negligence that could have been avoided were Crypto Colo Center to have employed good oil field practices in managing the site. Brady Jones, who also submitted testimony to the County Planning Commission, said she and her husband bought a farm last year in McLeod, and her husband was teaching at U.S. Army Command and Staff College at Fort Leavenworth, and they were drawn to the beautiful rural landscape reminding them of where they grew up in Alabama. The farm is 0.8 of a mile from the Crypto Colo Center base. The peacefulness of our home is important to us and my husband has served this amazing country in lands for years that were not so peaceful, Jones said. She said they could hear loading and unloading of shipping containers by Crypto Colo Center and backup alarms of heavy equipment because sound carried right to their pop property. She assumed the company's generators would grind 24-7 if the facility was operational, and she was outside the day of the explosion and felt the, the ground shake under her feet. She recalled the smoke and subsequent blasts. I did my research when I first heard their plans, Jones said, hoping to find a positive to their presence. I only found negatives in every community that these data centers were installed well they did blow up part of your town so yeah, like they are and eh, small potatoes towns blow up all the oil refineries blow up all the time it, I mean, it, come it, on. They, people bring uh oil natural gas a bunch of electronic equipment and ammunition all to the same place and somehow accidentally blow it up i mean talk about finding a reason to complain i mean who amongst us hasn't had their small town community I, blown up by crypto bro I, I hear aws blows up data centers all the time yeah i mean it's just part of doing business those yeah. things are volatile anyway so that's all i think we have 
for this yeah, episode. I think that's it. So I think we got uh, a good chunk of change done. Th- this has been Cleo Talk. I've been Matt. And I have been RC. And you can go ahead and uh, get this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Uh, you can email us at uh, Cleo History Podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Cleo History. Uh, we'll uh, go ahead and leave like a review or comment or whatever. Any kind of engagement helps, guys. It's yeah. okay. You don't have to, but you know, if you yeah. feel like it. And, and if you like this episode and you want to hear more about Kansas or we have some new projects coming up soon, uh, stay tuned. We do. All right. Have a good one. Bye.